Radio VUCA. can do eggs and bacon, some sausages, there's toast and marmalade. No, I just want fruit, love. I'm worried you're not eating enough. The fruit has everything I need, and one cannot compromise when it comes to one's health. I'm glad you're so committed to this, Harold. I am. Just, you don't need to go overboard. <laughs> Dr. Zwanikopf told us every day that we were there, you look after your bodies because no one else is going to do it for you. I see. And then people said that their spouses and families would say exactly what you're saying now. You don't need to overdo it. You don't need to go overboard. Well, I say you do need to go overboard. Health, 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 darling. Good grief. This experience has really had an impact on you. And not just my weight, V, on everything. My mind, my health. They kickstart you into regaining your life. Zwani calls it your optimum health. Zwani? What? Who's Zwani? Oh, well, that's what we called him. Dr. Zwanikopf. Fantastic guy. He's all about the patient. I'm glad, Harold. I'm glad you're feeling good. I was scared, V. When my PSA results came in and they were as high as they were, I, I, I haven't been scared like that in a very long time. Oh, darling. And the first few days at the health spa were hard. I went on a complete and utter detox. It was almost like my body was in shock. I had a monstrous headache. My muscles were sore. You were cleansing. That's what happened when I went on that caffeine detox for six weeks. <laughs> well, it was a little harder than that, darling. My entire diet, my very way of life changed overnight. Right, like when I stopped smoking and fell pregnant and carried a baby inside me for nine months. Uh, <coughs> yeah, it was just, just like that. Yeah. You do seem healthier. My skin is glowing, can you tell? Yes, and it looks like you've lost weight. What else? <laughs> oh, stop it, Harold. This is making me want to go to that spa right now. I said, why don't you? I can't. You should, it'll change your life. I can't leave Faith for that long. It'll be very problematic for her at this stage of her development. Oh, be it's just a couple of weeks. She wouldn't understand. She's aware enough to know that I'd be gone, but she's not developed enough to understand where and why. I'll wait until she's a little older and then I'll go. You're a very good mother, Veronica. Oh, thank you, love. Right, I must eat and get ready for work. How are you feeling about going back? To Vuga, great. I feel refreshed and revitalised and ready for action. Good. I'm even looking forward to seeing Denton. <laughs> now, Harold, I'm asking you nicely. Please don't start going on about your newfound zest for life in front of Denton. Why not? What's wrong with him? I think he's coming back from Zimbabwe today with his nephew. And so? What does that have to do with me? He's had a very tough time. The last thing he needs is for you to start waxing lyrical about how wonderful you feel and how much weight you've lost. I see. He's had a rough time. Yes. And we all know what Denton does when he's stressed. Uh, what? He eats. Harold! <laughs> I've been losing piles of weight and he's been eating like a little piggy. <laughs> no, I really am looking forward to seeing him. Stop it now, Shorty. What? Just stop it. I'm not doing anything, Miss Melissa. You're taking pleasure in my pain. No ways. You are, babe. You're taking huge amounts of sadistic pleasure in watching Silas making me a laughing stock. I'm just telling Ruby Roopster and Quicksticks what happened last night. Yes, with delight. You're delighted by what happened last night. I'm not. Just carry on with the story, brah. Yeah, okay. So, Silas called me and... See? Delighted. Sadistic pleasure. What exactly happened, Mel? He didn't pitch, Reuben. That's what happened. Silas didn't pitch for his rehearsal with Jean-Pierre and he almost had a giant heart attack. Ooh, Silas? No, Quentin. Jean-Pierre. But why didn't he make it? Is he all right? 
No, he's not all right. His ankle is a hamor, they say. Oh, this is such a giant fail. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. But what does that have to do with a phone call last night, Shorts? Ish, that brother was in all kinds of trouble last night. What? What do you mean? Has something else happened to him now? You don't know why he missed the rehearsal? No, he won't answer my calls. Everybody needs to take a shield chocolate. What did he say, Shorty? Last night, I was at Brabrus with Quicksticks and Mr. What What and Silas phoned me. I asked him why he was calling me because I knew he was meant to be at Waitis modeling rehearsal thing. But he didn't want to tell me. He just said, Shorty, come to my place right now. <laughs> you should have seen this okey move. <laughs> and then? I got to his place and he'd locked his keys inside his apartment. His house keys and his car keys and everything. All he had was his cell phone. And what about the caretaker? Oh, he couldn't get hold of the mooch. And then he tried to get into his apartment through the bathroom window, but he almost got stuck. Oh, did he make his ankle worse? Ah, uh, no, his ankle was fine. So how did you all manage to sort it out? While Silas was looking for the caretaker, I got hold of a locksmith and they came with a spare set of keys. By which time Silas had missed the rehearsal for the fashion show. Ooh, it all sounds very convenient, if you ask me. You took the words right out of my mouth, brah. You think he did it on purpose? His ankle is off, it's not better, and he didn't know how to face Jean-Pierre, so he fabricated some ridiculous domestic drama. Oh, I am going to kill him. Ah, oh, never. Silas would never do something like that. Oh, hello, everybody. Oh, hello. Hi, hi Innocence. Uh, is everything okay? No, everything is not okay. Oh, no. Was there something wrong with the coffee? Hey? Oh, oh sorry, Innie. I didn't mean with Carla's. I'm having Silas issues. Everything is perfect. Sharp. Good. Well, I have very exciting news. I spoke to Carla and she's very happy for Jesse to be my PA here at the restaurant while Carla is in Italy. I knew she'd go for it. Hey, sure, that's grand, Xer. Your very own personal assistant. <laughs> oh, well done, Innie. And did Carla give any indication as to when she'll be back? No. Oh, shame. Her mother is so sick. She doesn't want to leave her. So we'll be seeing more of Jesse Jess. Oh, and you can expect more things on the menu. <laughs> that's right. Innocence has been working on some surprises. You're going to love them. So I called my sister and told her that I was sending Byron home and that she and her ex-husband needed to deal with him. That's good, Danton. He's not your responsibility. I wouldn't wish that boy on my worst enemy, Doc. So he's gone home? I took him straight to the airport when we got back to Joburg and put him on a plane to P.E. You must be relieved. Oh, I don't know what I am. I'm a complete wreck. I'm... Oh, I've never had to deal with such blatant disregard for rules. I'm sorry, Danton. These last few weeks have been unbearable. Club owners, the parents of the other boys who were involved in the fight at the club, not to mention snot-nosed Byron and his infantile behaviour. Plus, on top of that, I owe Anil a lot of money for the coffee machine and the mirror and the glass cabinet that he gave as a peace offering. Surely Byron needs to pay for all of that. Yes, he does. I've already sent his parents a letter saying that he's going to be held liable for the costs incurred. And do you think they'll uh, take that on board? Well, they'd better. I'd be damned if I'm going to let this delinquent get away without contributing. Good to have you back, Harold. Good to be back. V says that you're a changed man. <laughs> I had a wonderful rest, and I feel healthier than I've felt in years. <laughs> Good. And I managed to do a lot of reading while I was away. Oh, so then we should have a few cracker between the lines in store. I hope so. Uh, what are we looking at today? T. 
team of rivals, the political genius of Abram Lincoln by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Well, that's relatively dated, isn't it? Well, yes, but it's the perfect time to have another look at it. Ah, because of the movie. Precisely. The book was released in 2005, but it didn't do very well at all back then. But now, because of the hype... Lincoln was directed by Steven Spielberg, starred Daniel Day-Lewis. He won the Oscar for Best Actor. And the movie itself got a few nominations. The book didn't do it that badly, did it? Well, it only got to number 10 in the top 20 bestsellers at the time. But it's become a bestseller now because Spielberg based his movie purely on this biography. So, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. It's utterly fascinating. The man was a political genius. He got a whole group of opposing congressmen to work together to end slavery. So, leaders can influence good. Goodness knows we're sorely lacking that kind of leadership in the world right now. And it's been positively inspiring to work with her. Oh, well, that's good. Her timing, her verse work, impeccable. Really? Yes, I know. You wouldn't think it to look at her or listen to her with all the fails and the obses and the totes, but Melissa is really rather good. Well, I'm glad. And everything else is on track. Naomi Hershevitz and I have taken this bull by the horns and we're riding it for all it's worth. Oh, well... The designs came in and they are simply gorgeous. Ooh, show? Oh, I can't. Jean-Pierre had to take them away to do some minor alterations, but he'll be bringing them to rehearsals tomorrow night. And the cast? The roles have all been assigned. We've done some extremely fruitful read-throughs. It's all going splendidly. Oh, good. Except... Oh, dear. Well, now, it's nothing serious. What is it? Raymond Fitzsimmons. Ah, I should have guessed. It's not terribly bad. Just tell me what it is, Mrs. P. Get it out now. We need to deal with any and all problems head on. Well, he's tricky. He has a tendency to want to take charge. Nothing new? Yes, but it seems he's quite immovable on certain points. Such as? Such as his performance. Which part? The whole part. Thing. The whole thing. He's locked down his performance so tightly that when either I or Naomi tried to get him to do a different reading or play a different emotion, he gets quite twitchy. Emotion? We shouldn't be delving into the world of emotions at this point. We should be grappling with the text. Well, that's what I told him. But he said that this is the second time he's doing the taming of the shrew and that he has nothing new to learn in the way of verse speaking or character. Oh, actors. Mm, his interpretation seems to be cast in stone. He's left absolutely no room for growth. Leave him to me, Mrs. P. I'll soon make him realise that Petruchio needs to be developed and nuanced. The days of trotting out the standard Gilgood or Olivier wannabe performances are over. I think the sooner you talk to him, the better. He keeps saying he won't have any part in modern readings or contemporary interpretations. Oh, really? Well, we'll soon see about that. I'm not having some ego-inflated actor telling me how to direct my Shakespeare. Oh, Denton, how very strong of you. I'm sure he won't have as much to say with the director in the room. Goodness, Denton, I don't care what people might say about you. You may be as flabby as Winston Churchill, but what you lack in muscle, you make up for in might. Cabin babies? Well, apparently, if you give them omega-3 and omega-6 in a 2 to 1 ratio... <gasps> I don't believe it! No, it's true. Hide me! Yeah? What are you doing? It's her! Ooh. Hide me! Hide me! You can't get under the table! Melissa! Oh, just move your chair in! Shorty, move there in front of me! 
Uh, like... Oh, like that, like that, just like that. Now stay there in front of me and don't move. You... Just stay very still and act normal. I can't act normal if I'm very still. What is going on? You can. Just pretend to be a very still sort of person. How do I do that? By staying very still. Shut up. Who's this person you're avoiding anyway? The lady over there in the pink thing. Tracksuit. It's a pink tracksuit. Is she gone? Uh-uh. Who is she? I'll tell you just now. Stop looking at me. Pretend I'm not here. You're here alone with Shorty. Well, if you stop talking to me, maybe I could stop looking is at She you. bought a muffin. She's paying. Oh, good, good. She's putting the change in her wallet. It's also pink. Who is this pink woman? And bye! She's waving at me. What? Uh, jokes. <laughs> she's walking out. And... Okay, she's going, going, gone. Really? Yeah. You can sit up now. Oh, oh thank goodness. Oh, thanks, Shorts. So, what was that about? You owe her money. She's in my yoga class. And? And I see her everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It's freaking me out. Huh? Wait, you are hiding from her just because you see her everywhere? Yes. What's wrong with that? So you don't even know her? I do. I, I mean, she's in my yoga class. But she's weird and she wears pink all the time. And I see her everywhere. You've already said that. Okay. Okay. Imagine this. Say you guys vaguely knew someone, and then all of a sudden you start seeing them at the mall every time you go there. Then you see them at coffee shops, in bookshops, in the traffic, and on the side of the road. What would you do? Is that what's happening with this woman? Binky. I've seen her, seriously, more than like ten times in the last week, all in different places. Well, maybe she lives in the area. I've seen her in more than one area. Maybe she's stalking you. Exactly. She's either stalking me or she thinks I'm stalking her. Whatever it is, from now on, if I see her, I'm pretending not to. Or pretending to be invisible. Yeah, same thing. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. It's weird. She doesn't look like a stalker. Who does? A lot of other people who don't look like her. I'm being stalked. Huh? Shitty. Yeah, for real. What? Are you joking? Like I said, for real. But... But who would be... Well, I think I'm being stopped. By a lady? Not a lady in a pink tracksuit who does yoga, that's for sure. Who by? I don't know. But I think it's something to do with the nitty thing. Because since that happened, I've had the sixth sense that someone is being spying on me at the taxi rack. Sixth sense? Seventh sense, eighth sense. The sense is telling me something's not right. But have you seen anyone watching you? Yeah, last night. I was driving home and I noticed this car driving behind me. When I slowed down, it also slowed down. When I took a left, it also took a left. How awful. How did you shake it off? I hit the gas and took about ten corners. Yo, it was pretty scary, I'm not gonna lie. Sounds very scary. Maybe it was some gangsters who wanted to hijack you. <laughs> Anyone who wants to hijack Maskorokoro must be crazy in the head. Oh, dear. <laughs> Did you see what kind of car it was? Uh-uh. Too dark. Maybe you should... Maybe you should talk to the police. And say what? I don't know what the car looks like and I didn't see the plates. Hmm. Well, maybe it's nothing. Maybe the car wasn't following you. Maybe it was a coincidence. Like the pink lady. Car. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna worry about it now. I told Mr. Watwat about it. He said I should maybe talk to Freddy Fresta. Good idea. 
Hey, apparently Anil's gone to Steve's game farm. Yeah, he got a call from MacMac yesterday, all about this saving the rhino thing. He's gone to some meetings and talks with the guys up there. These conservationists sound serious about tackling rhino poaching, hey? I heard something about a British company manufacturing drones, or whatever you call them, to monitor activity in the park. Drones? What are drones? Oh, like a sort of electric thing that flies and spies on things and drops bombs. What? I mean, they use them in wars and... Thee? As far as I understand it, they're unmanned aircraft or remote-controlled aircraft, so they fly without humans in them. They're controlled from a central point. So these drones can spy on the poachers and bomb them. <laughs> now you are talking. <laughs> and that's in your handbag. Oh, thank you, my sweetheart. Pleasure. <laughs> I'm so glad you agreed to be my PA. Yeah, well, she's not your PA now, ma. This is Volker. Not Carlos. Hey, when I say I was just reminding you. Yo, that... ladies, it was just a joke. He's right, though. You are not working for me now. I wasn't working. I was just saying. Talk is work, kiddo. Kiddo? Silas, what is your problem today, Ray? <laughs> Nothing. You want some tea? I'll make it. It's my job. Uh, uh, Jesse? Uh, no, thanks, ma. Uh, Silas? I'm fine for now. Well, if no one wants any tea, then I'll sit down. <laughs> Oh, it's so wonderful to be so... I feel so relieved and like there's not so much pleasure. Last night I slept better than I've slept in weeks. All thanks to Jessica. The PA of your dreams. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> I do what I can. Oh, 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 before I forget, we need to hire a new waitron. Felicity's going to be recovering from that emergency appendix op she had um, for at least six weeks. Oh, yes. They said it best. Hey, no talking shop here. Shh. So, should I go ahead and interview a few applicants? Felicity gave me some CVs. Oh, that would be wonderful. I'll call you when I've got a list down to two or three. Oh, thank you so morning, much. Morning, morning. I live to see another one and all of you. Hello. Oh, good morning. Denton. Silas. About Byron. Oh, what about him? He left without settling his debts. Oh, yes, I'm sorry about that, but there was nothing I could do, really. He was penniless and I wanted to strangle him, so I sent him back to his parents. You sure you couldn't have squeezed any cash out of him? Nothing to squeeze, I'm afraid, but his parents know he owes people money. You'll get it back eventually. You don't sound very sure of that. Oh, no, I am. Well, you don't sound very concerned. I mean, the kid owes me a truckload of cash. <laughs> he owes me a truckload of cash. He owes you peanuts in comparison. <laughs> has the second most Art Deco buildings of any city in the world. So I'm not only talking about very old buildings, I'm talking about beautiful buildings, weird buildings, buildings with grace, buildings with attitude, buildings from different eras of architecture, and buildings that form part of the specific landscape of our cities. I think there's a definite need to identify buildings of historical significance and preserve them for posterity. But how do we do that? And what buildings do we decide are old enough or important enough to preserve and protect? I feel very sad when big money knocks down beautiful old places to build cheap and ugly high-rises. Because what are cities if they aren't buildings? Shouldn't all our buildings be special to look at? My advice to you for today is to think about the buildings you've lived in and think about the buildings that make up the place you live in. How do you feel about these structures that make up so much of the space we see every day? And they don't all have to be grand. Nelson Mandela's house in Soweto, that has become a national monument. 
No one's going to knock that down. What buildings do you think should never be knocked down? I'll be taking your calls after the break. Stay with Vuka. And you clear. Thanks. I didn't know you were such an architecture fan. I'm not. Well, I don't think of it as being an architecture fan. I think of it as being interested in buildings. <laughs> Sounds like the same thing to me. I just hate seeing these horrible cheap places being built. They all look the same. And they don't give anyone any joy to look at from the outside or be in from the inside. And that's the whole point of buildings, isn't it? I suppose it is. We spend our lives in them. Well, most of our lives. Why should we have to suffer through horrible spaces? Buildings should make you feel happy. They should make you feel like you belong in them. But so many buildings make you feel like the only things that belong in them are microwaves and rats. <laughs> They're just preliminary sketches. They're gorgeous, Denton. You'll absolutely fall over when you see them. Hopefully not. They're divine. Well, I've done some changes since you two last saw them. Just let yeah, me... Yeah, put them here. I'll, I'll move my bag. Thanks. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, move your head. So, I've done one costume for each character, except the leads, who have two. No, I don't think that's necessary. Oh, it definitely is. Maybe can't just be in one frock the whole time. Uh-uh. Doesn't make sense. Why would Katharina only have one outfit? It's best not to ask questions like that in theatre. I agree, darling. If you think about how many days go by during the course of the play, you'll drive yourself mad. And you'll be making 20 dresses for one person. Ooh, 20? She's getting two. There's the opening dress. That's this one. Oh, gosh. Do you like it? Oh. It's exquisite. Oh, it's stunning. Good. Now, my initial thought was to go for red with this one. But then I decided a rich purple would work better. You know, you get the, uh, the regal vibe and a sense of sensuality, of longing. Longing, right, right. Oh, show him the wedding dress. Oh, no, JP. It's amazing! Oh, but it's just an amateur play. For heaven's sake, this isn't... And that's the wedding dress. <laughs> Oh, now, that is lovely. It looks just like my wedding dress. Mrs. P, when did you get married? Ages ago, medieval times. See, now the wedding dress can be taken apart for the scenes when she gets all dirty and goes tramping through the forest or whatever. Oh, it's amazing. I told you. It's reversible. So these pieces are white and these pieces look like they're covered in mud. You're too clever, dear boy. But I'm afraid this is all going to be far too expensive for us. Oh, no. You're not paying. I'll just take this outside. Consider the costumes my contribution to local arts and culture. Hello? Sweet, eh? Really? Oh, JP, that is so generous of you. Well, I don't know if we can accept a gift so... Of course we can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're a darling. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> it's a pleasure. How lucky, how wonderful, and how clever of you to come up with designs that manage to look timeless and yet so rooted in the period. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. That was Raymond. He's got a cough and won't be able to make rehearsals tonight. A cough? You know... <coughs> but he can work with a cough, surely? Apparently not. Why is he calling you to say he's not coming anyway? You're not the director. I'm the director. Who the hell does he think is in charge around here?
Oh, my soul, Shorty. Please tell me that you're joking. Does this look like the face of a very short man who is joking? But what does this mean? It means that I was right. About being followed? Exactly. Okay, wait. We mustn't get ahead of ourselves here. How can we not, V? Shorty is being stalked. We don't know that, Melissa. What exactly did Mandla say, Short? I was at the taxi rank this morning, and Mandla and me were standing by our usual spot talking like we usually do. Like a catch-up sesh? Yeah. That's totes like you and I do here at Carter's V. Yeah, I have my catch-up sesh with Mandla at the taxi rank, and then I come here and have my catch-up sesh with you. It's a double sesh. Shorty, the story. Yeah. So, me and Mandla were talking about how we think that dogs must actually have feelings, and now... Oh, you were? Just, bruv, why? Because they do, Moss. They don't. Ah, now you sound just like Mandla. They don't do have feelings, Quentin. But they're just animals. Just because they can't speak doesn't mean they don't feel things just like we do. Uh, that's what I told Mandla, but he wouldn't listen to me. That's because he's not an advanced thinker like I am. Okay, but what about the stalker person? Manda told me there's this guy at the taxi rank. He asks about me a lot. In what way? Questions. Uh, well, what questions? Like, where do I stay? Where do I hang out? Who are my friends? Stuff like that. Oh, did Manda tell them about me? No, why would he do that? Because we're friends, babe. And maybe they're trying to get to me through you. Not everything is about you, Melissa. How would you even come up with an idea like that? Men like me, in case you haven't noticed. Does he scheme he knows who it is? Uh, Mitch's boyfriend. No, not that little cow again. Yeah, he says it's Mitch's pimp. Mitzi's a prostitute. No, Miss V, but she tries to make men think they're the father of a baby for money. Oh, right. You better keep your eyes wide open, brah. That chick is angry with you because you caught her out. So if she's working for someone, can you imagine how angry they must be? Mother, what was I supposed to do? We're not saying that what you did was wrong, love. Toad's not. You had to get Freddy involved so that he could read her the riot acts. You did a good thing. You did your part in fighting blackmail and corruption. But now I have this skeleton follow me around wherever I go, Hexe. Hush, being a hero is very hard work. Melikens. Oiti. Hello, JP. Jean-Pierre, babe, what is it? I have the hugest piece of Skinner for you. Ooh, wait. Is it for public consumption? Meaning? Meaning us? Well, I don't know what it is. It's totally fine if people hear this. In fact, the more, the merrier. <sighs> Bet it's boring. You can leave if you'd like, Quentin. Oh, no, 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 it's cool. What is it? You know, last night Raymond Fitzsimmons called Denton and said he couldn't make it to the rehearsal. Oh, because of his silly little cough. Oh, no, really? Is he sick? He's such a drama queen. I don't know how Denton is going to work with him. I know. Hello? Eyes on the crisis, people. Sorry, hun. One of my models phoned me last night to say that he'd been at this insane and wild party last night. And guess who was there? <gasps> oh, my actual oath. Don't even tell me. <clears throat> oh? Raymond! Double gasp. Double gasp? I gasped when he said guess who was there, and in my head I guessed Raymond, and now I gasped again because I was right. Yeah, but you didn't gasp. You said double gasp. Because, V, I'm in rehearsals for a massive show, and I can't put my throat or vocal cords under any undue pressure. He lied. He totally lied. So it's just a party. It's devious, Quentin, and hugely unprofessional. He probably thinks these shrew rehearsals are beneath him. Well, 
he yawns all the time in rehearsal. And he even said to me that it was a bore working with Amdramas. <gasps> no! <laughs> I mean, I think he was trying to establish some connection with me as the two pro actors in the cast. But I just found it tasteless. We need to tell Denton. Oh, why? I, I, it'll just cause trouble. The Oak probably wanted to talk. Hey, don't talk rubbish, quick sticks. This guy is letting people down, Munna. Maybe Dee should ask him if he stayed home last night. Give him a chance to tell the truth. And if he doesn't, then he can let him have it. This Ray fits as a reputation, you know, for being a troublemaker. No, for simply being Raymond Fitzsimmons. She told me he arrived safely in P.E. and she drove him up to dispatch. So he's fine. Fine and dandy and staying with his father. He needs to be with his father, I have to say. I'm sure his mother is lovely, but that boy needs a strong male hand. Uh, he just needs some guidance. That's not all he needs. What else did she say, Denton? His father found him a job. Byron is working at a local motor manufacturing company. Oh, that's good news. Yes, I'm glad too. It means he'll be able to give Silas and co. their money back sooner than I thought. Not to mention the money he owes you. Yes, exactly. Uh, perhaps this isn't the right time to bring this up. What is it? Well, I was just thinking about that coffee machine that Anil gave to the nightclub owner to replace the one that Byron broke. Maybe we could get one from Anil, too. For the green room? Yes. The only question is, can we afford it? Well, he has a range of them. We could certainly look at options. Oh, let's do that. Morning. Uh, morning, Harold. <clears throat> oh, I still can't get over how different you look, Harold. Oh, very good. You must feel great, huh? And you've lost so much weight. I've just come from the gym, actually. My personal trainer gave me a thorough workout. Maybe I should get his number. I can highly recommend him. I can't believe that I was so unfit and unhealthy for so long. The benefits of this diet... All are right, just... Harold. I've had just about as much of your gloating as I can stomach. I'm not gloating, Denton. I really feel like a different person. You should try it. I'm very happy that you seem to have found the answer to life these past few weeks. But your crowing is becoming unbearable. Denton... You need to run. Excuse me? You need to run. You need to put on a pair of fabulous running shoes and you need to run. It clears your head. It clears your body. You will love it. You need to stop speaking, Harold. Is it really that good? Why are you encouraging it him? It really is. And why are you still talking? I'm all right. All right. That's enough. I'm going to make a fruit salad. I do hope you enjoy your bowl of self-righteousness. soccer special today. I'm so mad, Braddock. Oh, uh, we were just talking and uh, he said that... No, uh, no, 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 no. Not with Ruben. With the game. So you're covering soccer? Do you know how bad the officials are at the moment? Do you know how many mistakes they're making? I've heard about some questionable decisions that have been made lately. No, not questionable. Wrong. Just plain wrong. No, Silas, just because you think they're wrong... No ways, Braddock. Anyone can see they're wrong. The refs, the linesmen are... They're whack. I hope that whack isn't one of the words that have made their way into your show today. Did you see that menu game where Nani got a red card? I heard about it. The guy didn't even deserve a yellow card. It cost them the game. They were kicked out of the competition. And that World Cup qualifier between Bafana Bafana and the Central African Republic, one of their players didn't even get a yellow card and they deserved a red one. Uh, do you mean the player who fisted the ball into the Bafana net? Yeah. But come on, Silas, we won the game 2 nil. That's not the point, Braddock. That player didn't even try and hide his foul. He just rose above you to Melenkune and punched the ball into the net. But the linesman caught him. He told the referee what happened. But Braddock, it's reached the point now where the players don't even try and hide it because they know nothing is going to happen to them. I hear you. 
It's become so blatant, you know. When the players do this, FIFA has to make sure that they get punished. Maybe it's time to introduce officials who can spot really bad offenses on a TV screen and then relay the findings to the men in the middle. Like the TMO in rugby. I don't know if that's going to work, Braddock. There was a linesman at the game between Bafana Bafana and Central African Republic and he flagged a Bafana Bafana player offside when he wasn't even near the offside line. So, it's just a mess is what you say? It's a complete mess. And something needs to be done before the game becomes a laughing stock. JP, I'm over here. Oh, my actual oath, darling key. What's going on? What's happening? What are they saying? I don't know what they're saying. Then why are you oh, my actual oathing? I could hear harsh tones, harsh and violent tones, but no actual words. I peeked around the corner and Denton was gesticulating like a maniac. And Ray Fitzy was just standing there, puffing sexily on a cellar. Oh, I hate that he smokes. He reeks of it. Mmm... What do you mean, puffing sexily? Hmm? You think he's hot? Oh, you know. He has that sexy older man vibe about him. No man revolts for, babe. There will be zero judgment from you, babe. Oi, are they behind the wall? Yes. I'm going to listen. No, don't. Why not? Dee is off the charts angry. He virtually has smoke coming out of his ears. If he sees you... Oh, Dee doesn't get angry very often, you know. I mean, he can be a total grump, but he's soft. Well, he's as mad as a snake today. That's because he was lied to. Raymond lied to him. You don't do that to Dee. Except I think that Ray Fitz does whatever he likes, whenever he likes, to whomever he likes. Mm, That's because his ego is bigger than the Royal Albert Hall. How is Denton going to work with him after this? How am I going to work with him after this? Did he do something to you too? No, but he lied to us. He lied to all of us. And everyone knows that when you're working with a group of actors, you have to be able to trust them. We need to be able to trust one another. It is super vital for the work. I get that. It's like fashion. If we're not all on the same page, things become nightmarish. Exactly. Speaking of which, I have to get to my rehearsal. Oh, you're going to miss D and Ray coming in here post-ego tussle? You'll just have to make sure you get all the juicy goss and give me the deets tomorrow. The sheer insolence and outright arrogance of that man astounding. What happened? Where's Ray? I have no idea, Melissa. I have no desire to talk about that man. But, Dee, do we still have our Patricio? And he has the gall to call me dramatic. I've never in my life met Denton? someone such an over... Denton! Denton! Do we still have our Patricio? Yes, all right, I'm coming. You better keep your hair on. Yeah, all right. If you knock again, I'll knock you over when I open this door. I'm right here. Denton! Mrs. P, why did you keep knocking like a lunatic? You were taking so long. I don't have time to moon around in doorways. I was... Well, let me in for crying out loud. I'm in shock. Are you? What? what, what? Shock, I tell you. Is it Frodo? You're a cruel, evil, egomaniacal dictator with no imagination and a heart of rubber. Bye. Well, that's what Raymond Fitzsimmons said to me last night on the phone. He called you a dictator? You. He called you a dictator to me. Did he? Well, he's only projecting his own tyrannical personality disorder. He was upset, Denton. He was very, very upset. He even cried. Nonsense. He did. His voice started cracking, and then... Ah. 
He does that to everyone. It's a cheap trick. It sounded very real. It doesn't look very real. What I want to know is why you attacked him. He said that he was subjected to a vicious attack that came from nowhere. Did he tell you that he lied to me? Oh, no, he... Yes, he... No, he... Did he? Of course he did. Do you think I would confront him? He said attack. I did not attack him. I confronted him about the fact that two days ago he said he couldn't make rehearsals because he had a cough. But that night he was seen by JP at a party. No. True. How treacherous. He's devilish. It almost makes him more attractive. It does not. But if he wants to go to parties and doesn't want to rehearse, why did he agree to play the part in the first place? I don't know. I think he believes amateur theatre is a bit of a joke. That's awful. I agree. I totally agree. If he wants to be a mean-spirited snob, he must stay the hell away from this production. So what are you going to do? Fire him. Fire him immediately. Carrots, leeks and onions. Oh, thanks. Or maybe you can come up with some new chives recipes. You know, not just as a garnish. I've got masses of them. Chives. Mm. All I can think of is chopping them up over eggs, Benedict. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I don't know why I planted so many. Oh, oh that reminds me. Uh, I might be going down to the south coast in the next few days. And if I do, could you come over and water the veggies? Yes. Oh, uh, just the ones closest to the house. I've got the sprinklers timed for the rest. But why are you going to the south coast? Is it Ronelle? Yeah. Uh, nothing's really wrong, but she, uh, well, she needs help. Did she ask you for help? No, but she... Um, Achman, she doesn't know what she's doing. Since the fire destroyed their house, the wheels have come off with her and Karen. Uh, you mean between them? No, 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 financially. Well, there's nothing you can do Yeah, yeah I, I know what you're going to say, and it's true. But I think Ronelle really should have had counselling since Sebrant and the fire. But she's just carried on as normal and... Uh, you can't force her to go to counselling, Ruben. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to say anything about getting her to counselling. I was going to say that, for a lot of reasons, she's been unsteady lately. And, and because of that, she's made bad decisions. She's having a hard time with the insurers, and, and now she's signed a lease on a flat that they can't afford. What? Well, she didn't read the lease properly. So what are you going to do about that, eh? Go and cancel the lease? Pay her rent? Leave her life for her? Innocence? She's my sister. I know. I'm sorry. I think she needs a bit of looking after, that's all. I'm sorry. That's no, okay. It's just, it's always you. You go and look after Ronel. You help Sebrand. You do all these things for your family, but who does anything for you? I don't need anything. You do. If you make mistakes and go through bad times, who helps you out? Hmm? Does Ronel come here and say, Oh, Ruben, you seem like you need a hand? You do. I, I what? You help me out. But I'm not Ronel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, thank goodness for that. Hey, don't <laughs> joke now. Why? What's there to be sad about? You, going away. Well, you won't miss me that much. You've got Jessie as your PA. She's not you. Yeah, but she's very helpful. And it seems like she knows quite a lot about the restaurant business. Mm, her uncle owned a tea room place in the Cape. She used to help out there when she was at high school. Oh, I didn't know that. She's very nice. Oh, she is. So are you. Why are you looking like that? What? Sad. Sad and irritated. I was just thinking of you going away again. Well, don't. It won't be for long. You said that last time. 
Well, this time it'll be a snap visit. Snap, I'm there. Snap, I'm back. Oh, snap. And in, and in the meantime, I've got you and you've got me. We've got all these chives to keep us going. <laughs> so how did you learn? What do you mean? Like to walk on the catwalk. Well, it started when I was about one. I got tired of crawling, so I grabbed onto the edge of a table and pulled myself up. That was really the beginning of my walking career. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Did you have to learn to walk in a certain way? Ah, kind of. I mean, I didn't do a course or anything. Other models gave me tips. JP talked to me a lot about posture, the way you hold your head and shoulders, you know, that sort of thing. And then you just started modeling? Uh-uh. I learned as I went along. I was really bad in the beginning, especially at photographic stuff. But it got easier. Mm. So you're going to be a pro for JP's new show? Oh yeah, no problem. He's throwing in some special moves as usual. But I'm used to them by now. So you're not just walking? Mostly we are. There's little bits of action that go on in JP's shows. He likes to create drama. Or as he calls it, drama. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this one is pretty down the line though. Very slick. Not too much crazy stuff. I think he wants to show everyone here how great he is since he made it in Canada. And the clothes? Haven't seen them. He's keeping them secret. But don't you need to try them on? He's got all the models' measurements and he's worked with everyone before. So all the sizing will be fine. So they're only going to be revealed on the night? Yep. Hectic. I can't wait. I'll be discussing the setting up of small businesses today. With the levels of unemployment being what they are, people young and old need to start looking into ways of creating employment for themselves. Like so many things in life, self-employment is much easier to talk about than to achieve. While not everyone is a naturally talented entrepreneur, everyone can learn how to make themselves more employable and more active in their relationship to the working world. If you want to start your own business or start making money through your own skill set, the first questions you've got to ask yourself are, do I want to provide a service? Do I want to provide a product or do I want to provide both? Now, what are we talking about when we talk about providing a service? Well, service covers a huge range of entrepreneurial activities. You could say that what I'm doing now, my job is a service-based job. I don't sell a product you can hold in your hands and take with you. What I sell are my abilities to communicate. Communication, specifically verbal communication, is a skill I have, a skill I've developed that has been instrumental in creating my career. Join me after the break when I'll be doing further inquiring into entrepreneurship. And you're clear. Thanks. Good show. Are you going to be able to finish it? Finish? It's a big topic. Oh, right. Yes. I was actually thinking that when I was preparing last night, but then I... Uh, how far have I got? The first questions you need to ask yourself are... Oh, yes, yes. Servers and products. Gosh, now, I'll never get through it all in one show. Well, don't uh, worry. Just turn it into a series. A four-part series on starting a startup business. Starting a startup business? I should have called it that. Inquiring into entrepreneurship is great. After this break, just mention that it's part of a series. That'll make me sound unprepared. Oh, it won't. I often run out of time to finish topics. It's radio. Wing it. But maybe I can fit it all in if I can cut out this section I was going to do. No, 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 you're winging it in five, four, three. Okay. 
So you squeeze it, and it lights up. Yo, okay, a f- a flashy. What's that noise? Music from the ball. I turn it off, man. Hang on, it turns off itself. Yo, that's not music. Stopped. Sounds like a mouse disco. Cool, ne? Uh uh. Don't you want one for your taxi? A lighter ball. Yeah, you hang it on the mirror. You crazy? I won't be able to see if that thing flashes near my face. You don't have it on when you're driving, Dom Cop. Only when you're waiting and bored, then you can turn it on. I am never turning one of those on. They are freaky. All that blue and purple makes me feel like weird. I think they're quiet. I'm thinking of selling them. Oh yeah? On your taxi? Maybe. Brother, by the taxi rank sells stacks of them. Kids love them. Uh, Mr. What what must have some at the Emporium. I was going to ask him about suppliers, but he's up there by the rhinos, huh? Yeah, he's involved in this event for the rhino awareness. Like a mountain bike race or a fun run or something. He says he wants the VUCA guys to come up and take part. Yo, <laughs> imagine Denton on a mountain bike. <laughs> imagine Brad Dog on a mountain bike. And Mel on a fun run in Stiletus. <laughs> <laughs> it would be brilliant, exactly. Perfect place to have these glowing balls. Run and glow for the rhino. Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, wanna sell glow balls with me, huh? We can go in 50-50. I'll find the cost price of them and I'll think about it. When's this fun run gonna happen anyway? Ah, uh, soon. Uh, Freedom Day, I think. Evening, chaps. Away. Hey, hey, hey. Come join us. Thanks. Uh, this is one of those glowing things. Yep. Uh, don't squeeze it. Why not? It makes stupid sound. I'm thinking of selling them. <laughs> Good idea. Kids love them. You're also an expert on glow balls. Hey, maybe Harold should go into business with me. I was at the Bri the other day and all the kids had them. Glow sticks, glow necklaces, glow everything. They're all going bananas. Glowing bananas. I wonder if a glowing banana would sell. <laughs> Where's the nil tonight? At Steve's. Uh, with the rhinos. With the... Uh, oh, yes, I forgot. That's a pity. I wanted to ask his advice. You can ask us. Yeah, we wise. I am super wise. <laughs> <laughs> so... What advice do you need? Ah, uh, well, it's career advice. My speciality. I just got offered this little part in a big movie and I don't know if I should take it. Take it and drop VUCA. Oh, he seems like a very bright boy. Yeah, enthusiastic. Mm, he wants to do well. That's what I thought when I interviewed him the first time. He really stood out. And if he wants to do well, that means he'll work hard and he'll help the restaurant run smoothly. Okay. So Ayanda Motabela it is. Oh, I'm so glad we found a new waiter. It means one less thing for me to worry about. You're doing a really great job running this place, Ma. Oh, thank you, Jesse. And thank you for your help. I feel like a big heavyweight has been lifted off my shoulders. Look, this job helps me as much as it helps you. I'm glad for the extra cash, you know. Oh, I'm going to be very busy today. I'll be in the kitchen teaching the staff all about the meals on the new menus. Okay. So I need you to put together the Friday pay packets and hand them out to the staff at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, here's the list. Every staff member's name is written here with the amount they need to be paid. You just put the money in these envelopes and put their names on them and give it to them when they go. Oh, like the very end of the day? Yes, six o'clock. Uh, my innocence, I plan to go to uh, like a PSL thing with Silas tonight and I wanted to get my hair done before. Oh, you want to get your hair done to go and watch soccer? Well, it's like a media party thing and I have to get dressed up and stuff and I don't want to look all boring. Oh, Jesse, you should be nicer to yourself. 
Can I give him money at lunchtime? No. Carla said six o'clock. That's the rule. You must just try and work around it. You've taken this job as my assistant and Fridays are very busy days. Yeah, okay. No, it's fine. I'll make a plan. Mm, just remember for the future, all right? It's totally cool. I know what I'm going to do. Hey, a beautiful lady. Oh, hi, Shorty. Hey, Shorts. Oh, and Miss V. Morning. Hey. Oh, do you both want the usual? Number one. Thanks, Innocent. Uh, sorry, man, guys. I have to go. I have to prep for Jesse's jukebox. But I'll catch you later. See you at the station. Cheers. Bye. Bye, Ma. See you at six. Okay. Now, I want you both to be very kind and patient with our new waiter. You found someone. Yes. His name is Ayanda. Oh, he's very lovely, but a new job can be scary. So we all have to be nice to him. Okay, Shorty? Hey, Ma. Why do you say my name like that, man? I'm always nice to the staff here at Carlasmus. <laughs> okay. He'll come and take your orders soon. I must go to the kitchen and start working. See you later. All right, bye-bye. Hush, Miss V. When are you going to bring little Faith in here again? I want to see how big she's getting. It's been a while, hasn't it? Too long. She's at creche now, and I'm trying to make sure I don't disrupt her routine. Routine is very important for little ones. Yeah, Mare, do you know what else is important? Seeing her uncle short. <laughs> yes, I suppose you're right. Why don't you just come over to the house and have dinner with me and Harold? That way we can all have a nice meal and you can spend time with Faith. Number one. Uh, maybe this weekend. Of course. How's Saturday? Six o'clock. Done. Then I can talk to Mr. Whitfield all about this new movie of his. Ah, so you've heard about it. Oh, he told us about it last night at Brabus. Is he going to do it? He still hasn't decided. I mean, I think he should do it. These films pay very well. We can always do with the extra money. Ah, for sure. We can all do with more moolah. Even me, myself. I'm doing some overtime taxi driving to help pay the bills. And the smoking, Shorty? Hey, Miss V. You still can't kick it. I can't even talk to you about this. Why not? Because I feel like you are judging me. I feel judged. Oh, Shorty, I don't judge you. It took me years to stop smoking. Yeah, Mara, you did it. I can't do it. I'm weak. I'm weak for the little cancer stick. I know exactly how you feel. And to be honest, I had a lot of help. Uh, did you read a book or something? A patch? No, I had a baby. Sometimes I really think that having faith is the only reason I haven't started smoking again. I don't want her to inhale my secondary fumes. Yeah, that's grand for you. But I can't just so much have a baby. Just take it slow. This smoking thing is like my skorokoro, you know. Stop, start, stop, start. You'll get there, but you have to want to stop. That's the key. On Fads and Fashions with Mel today, as we talk about the latest rage that hits the world of fashion, it's the flat form ladies. Now, Mucha Prada, who is the head of a brand that is about to hit its 100th birthday, has come up with a new style of shoe. Unlike the wedge, which has an incline, or the platform, which generally has a stubby toe and a high heel, the platform is just a very high shoe. It kind of looks like a building block, really, and it's quite flat and heavy. But I suppose the biggest question is, can you walk in them? Some people say that when you do walk in them, you sound like an elephant. And I've also heard that they're not really designed for walking on uneven ground. So it sounds like they're really an indoor kind of shoe. We don't want people breaking their ankles now, do we?
But hey, this is fashion, people. No one ever said that being a fierce fashionista was easy. I've come across a bunch of new trends in the last little while. Stay tuned so I can give you tips on the hottest fads. Oh, it looks like we have a call already. Yay! Hi, you're chatting to Melissa Montague on Fads and Fashion. Yes, lovey, I know the name of your radio show. I've been subjected to it for the last I don't know how long. Oh, it's Doris. Since Doc Sabia and Denton Fall Douglas lost their minds and put you on the air is how long I've been listening to your trap. Yes. Do you have anything to say about the platform, Doris? The what? The platform, the platform. We're talking shoes today, hun. Yes, well, I got that much. The rest of it was Greek to me. Right. So then, what is it you wanted to say? I did hear you mentioning something about breaking your neck on these hideous monstrosities, though. And I'm wondering if you're ready to have the pinch sued off of you for publicising such dangerous footwear. How do you know they're monstrosities, Doris? Because they are. But I never said that. I never said they were monstrosities. Have you not heard of the interweb, lovey? You googled them? Of course I did. I'm looking at them right now. A person hasn't a cooking clue what you're on about half the time. I need it to be sure. Hmm, yes. Or you're curious about the latest trends like the rest of the world. Oh, now you listen to me. Oh, we are totes late for an ad break. Chat soon, Dory. We'll be back after this. <laughs> oh. Dory. Well, I didn't know what else to say. It was that or a flood of words I'm not allowed to say on air. These shoes do sound a little odd, Melissa. I know that, Reuben. But I made a pledge to bring all the latest trends to my listeners, whether I like them or not. Uh, do you think the shoes come with wear-at-your-own-risk tags? Oh, babe, there are loads of shoes that should come with warning labels. But fashion-conscious women would take no notice of them. Looking fierce is everything. going to happen, bruh. I really wonder about you sometimes, Silas. Look, JP, I appreciate what you're doing, but the answer is no. I'm not sure you're aware of what this means. It means I'd have to leave the place I love, my home, and I'd have to start all over again. But that's where you're wrong. You need to look at the bigger picture, darling key. You really have no idea what's available to you as a model, do you? So they want me in Toronto. So what? The House of Hollenbach people are mad crazy in love with you, darling key. If you went across and based yourself there, you'd be looking at an annual six-figure salary in dollars. Okay, okay. It sounds tempting. It really does. But it's never going to happen. Ugh, how tiny is your mind? I'm sorry. Don't say sorry to me. Say sorry to your future self when you're 60 years old and your stomach's hanging down around your ankles and you've given up on more money than you could ever dream of. There's more to life than money, JP. Silas, do you know how many people would give their right arm for an opportunity like this? You're forgetting that I had a taste of that world last year and it wasn't for me. I'd get way too homesick and, and freeze. The indoor heating there is off the charts brilliant. I don't want to be warmed by a heater, brah. I want to be warmed by the sun. I want to feel actual heat. In Africa, the sun warms you from outside in and inside out. That's very poetic of you, Silas. Poetic and poor and sun-exposed. 
You're going to end up a poor poet. With wrinkles. I want to be here. I love the sun and the soccer and the brides and none of that is worth giving up, JP. Not even for a mountain of cash. I can't believe your thinking. My connection to sport is my main concern here. Especially soccer. Yes, I try not to include those kind of words in my vocabulary. It just confuses things. I don't want to move to a freezing country to model where you'd be my only friend. No offense. I'd rather take a job as a journal or at a TV or radio station, you know? Are you getting offers to join other stations? Ah, I shouldn't even be talking about this. Ooh, so you are getting offers. All the time. I just want you to think carefully about your future. That's all. I appreciate it. But right now, we need to get back to the rehearsals for our Winter Blitz fashion show. We must always give of our best. That's all I'm trying to say. And all I'm trying to say is that I can't promise you my best if I'm expected to play opposite some amateur actor. But you're supposed to be a professional, Melissa. Exactly, Mrs. P. And this is supposed to be my much-awaited return to the stage. And now I have no one to act opposite, and you're suggesting the names of complete nobodies for me to work with. What about the ensemble, dear? What about everyone else who... Everyone else doesn't have a reputation that's at stake. Well, I'm afraid this isn't up to you. Dee? All right, everyone. Just calm down. Melissa, you know that I would never expose you to ridicule by letting you perform opposite a weak actor. Then what are we going to do? There are so few people who can match me. I have an idea. Now, I might be a little out of line here, but we seem to be running out of options. Please, don't think me too forward. But when I have something on my mind, I need to voice it. Spit it out, dear. Well, while you were away, I ran some very successful read-throughs. And I gave what I believe were very good notes. Right, Melissa? Oh, totes. What has that got to do with us? The bard cannot be kept waiting, darling. So I propose that you play Petruchio and I direct the play. You! There is method in my madness, Denton. You would make the most sublime, Petruchio. And with me doing the donkey work, you can focus on your performance. You'd get to act again, Dee! I would simply be assisting you in bringing your vision to the stage. A co-director, as it were. This isn't the worst idea in the world, Han. But really, Falstaff was one thing, but Petruchio? I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. That was another episode of Radio VUCA, with Samson Kamalo as Doc, Michael Richard as Denton, Malefi Monaisa as Shorty, Graham Hopkins as Harold, Louise St. Clair as Veronica, and Dr. Hasu and Kartlo as Innocence. Melissa is played by Shelley Meskin, Anil by Huey Lowe, Gift by Mpo Osei Tutu, Silas by Rantebeng Makapan, and Ruben by Richard van der Westhuizen. Technical production is by Karen Gravit, Neria Makwena, and Mbabi Machiba. Head writer is Paul Slabalepsi, with script editing and direction by Bruce Miller. And you can get all the latest lowdown on the show by visiting the Radio VUCA page on Facebook. And now you can listen to an omnibus edition of the week's episodes by going to YouTube and searching for Radio VUCA.